Welcome to the One Life Podcast, where we have rare but vital conversations about Jesus. Hey everyone, welcome to the One Life Podcast. One Life is a startup church here in Nashville, Tennessee. Our mission is to build extended families of disciples that live on mission together. My name is Tiffany Ketchum, and here with me is my husband and co-host, Tim Ketchum. Hey, everybody. Uh, We're really glad you're listening, and this is episode 19. So, the last episode, we got into Adam's job description. Yeah. Him being a priest, Jesus being a high priest, and sort of what that work was about a little bit. Yeah. And today, you said we're getting into death. What is that about? Yeah, so this is actually, you know, in every story, eventually the villain gets introduced and we get kind of like a flash moment of the villain uh, surfaces in the story. So this is like kind of a big moment in the story of the Bible. Yes, it is. And and we talked about a little bit about how the villain possibly getting in mm-hmm, last mm-hmm. week. That's right. Yeah. And how maybe he wasn't supposed to be in there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how do we want to start this off? Yeah, why don't we, um, I guess we could just start off by reading uh, Genesis two sixteen and 17, because last week we did verse 15. So we're going to actually tackle two verses today. Uh-oh. Wow. kind of crazy up in here. <laughs> okay, great. Um, Genesis 2, verse 16. And the Lord God commanded the man... You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Okay, so this is like a a huge uh, fork in the road is being introduced. So far, it's been like, okay, God does this and it's good, and God does this and it's good, God creates Adam, and it's all good. And this is the first inkling of, oh, things could go badly. Mm. And in every story, you know, typically where the story takes off is when you introduce some kind of conflict. And that conflict has to be set up. It has to be introduced in a way that everyone kind of feels that tension. So far, everything has been about life. It's been about things reproducing. It's, it's had just this teeming with life. And now we get introduced to something that's all the way on the other end of the spectrum, which is death. If you can imagine if you're Adam, you're thinking, okay, what is death? What, what exactly are we talking about here? But there could have been something in the creation itself that maybe signified death to him. Could have been something in the plant kingdom or the animal kingdom that signified what death was. But we're, we're not entirely sure about that. God telling Adam this, it had to have given some kind of meaning to him, even though he had never, potentially never seen death or experienced it. God was bringing up a word, death, that had to have communicated something to Adam. And so it's, it's, kind, of a, it's kind of a neat point of curiosity. is like, how did Adam actually understand that when God said that to him? Um, God's bringing up a, a word that may not have been entirely clear to him yeah it's like did he did god just continue explaining that <laughs> right did, did did adam raise his hand and say excuse me uh, uh can you break that down for me <laughs> yeah um so again there, there's a lot of things in the genesis story we don't have details about 
and it's because it's not written to give us all the details. It's really just giving us the 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 overview. So um, I think this this term uh, commanded uh, it basically means to give a charge. And we talked a little bit in the past about like why is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil even in the garden in the first place? And we kind of you know recognize that evil was already in existence. And it's kind of like a parent who, you know, it's kind of like, well, why would you have a stove in your house if you've got a kid who could potentially get hurt? Well, those are opportunities to train and opportunities to teach. Um, And essentially, evil was already in the world. And as a good parent, God wanted to train Adam in how to respond to evil, uh, especially having the knowledge of good and evil. And so in some ways, this is kind of like a a parent telling a child, do not do this. And by them not doing it, they're learning to trust their parent. They're demonstrating that they trust uh, their wisdom, their, that they're genuinely love for them. And uh, so there's, there's kind of a boundary being set up here, and God's actually framing it as a command, as a charge. Like he's kind of putting a really serious point on it. Mm. And saying, and if you think about it, this is really the only thing he was told not to do. Right. It's like you had one job, Adam, one thing you couldn't do, and he did it. Yeah. And it's like, come on. Like, how simple can it be? You know? So, yeah, he, he puts a command out there, and then he says, I kind of want to focus in on a, on a couple phrases here that are kind of key to interpreting this text, because this is actually not only a fork in the road, when it comes to the storyline of the Bible, but it's also a fork in the road in how you understand uh, the problem that Jesus comes to solve. The first phrase is that he says, in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. If you're reading through the narrative, you're thinking, okay, like the moment that he eats that fruit, he's going to drop dead. You know, he's just, it's, it's going to touch his tongue and it's going to be kind of like Cinderella, you know, and it's just got like their whole his whole body is going to turn black and turn into dust and fall down, and all you'll see is this you know faint outline in the dust. <laughs> Cinderella. <laughs> that's like that's the, funny that that's what you thought of. I don't know why I thought about that. It's, it's like the modern rendition of Cinderella, the the modern movie version, where they eat the apple and it's like they t- they you see their veins turning black and stuff. It's it kind of goes throughout their whole system and they they die right there. I don't know. I I can't remember what you're talking about. Yeah, it's 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 one of the Cinderella movies, or you know what? Maybe it's Snow White. I, I think <laughs> I I'm getting, like, I think uh, I'm getting it mixed up. Something doesn't seem right. I think it's Snow White. Cinderella. It's not Cinderella. Sorry, <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm getting my my fairy tales mixed up. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh Snow White. Sorry, um, where they just kind of die right there when they eat it. But actually, he eats it and he doesn't die, or at least he doesn't die in the same day that he eats it. And what this what a lot of people do with this is they say, "Oh, well, it it must not be referring to physical death because Adam keeps living." And it said that he'll die in the same day that he eats it, and so therefore God's talking about spiritual death and not physical death. This term in the day is kind of like a it's like a phrase. And if you back up a couple verses in chapter 2, it talks about in the day that God created the heavens and the earth. And so we know that he didn't completely create the process of creating the heavens and the earth in one day. I mean, there's seven days at least involved. And this phrase also occurs in the book of Jeremiah. 
when God is recalling that in the day that I brought you out of Egypt, I gave you the Ten Commandments, as I'm summarizing. Well, if you know the, the narrative of the book of Exodus, they have the, the Passover, you know, the plague that kills the firstborn, and then they leave Exodus, and then they have to go through the Red Sea, and then they have this other thing, and then they finally arrive at Mount Sinai. Right. It's definitely more than a day. It's more than a day. And yet Jeremiah has God saying, in the day that I brought you out of Egypt, I gave you the Ten Commandments, I gave you the law. And it's like, wait a second, that's that's actually more like three weeks in there. And so it's it's just a phrase, but if you take it literally, you're thinking, you know, it, it does become a fork in the road in how you interpret it. I, I think it's kind of important to, to notice that because... I think he is actually talking about physical death, but it's not just talking about physical death, but it definitely includes it. It, it, he's He's not referring to spiritual death. That can be included, but it's not limited to that. Right. I gotcha. Yeah. A little bit of a technicality, but it, it, it is a fork in the road. And so if you go down the route of he's not talking about physical death, it shows up in how you interpret other passages. No, I get it. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. You're, you're like, okay, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> you can right. see my face. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, okay, so the next phrase is, you will surely die. And this actually turns out to be somewhat of a mistranslation. In the Hebrew, it's actually the word death, uh, back to back. In other words, you're thinking, okay, did you stutter? You know, did you mention death twice and you actually ended up writing it in the text? Or are they trying to communicate something here? Hmm, that's interesting. What does that mean? Yeah, there are basically two words that are in two different tenses in the Hebrew. And one of them is in the imperfect tense, which means it, it's a verb that describes an action that is continuous. It's a process. Whereas the other word for death is more like an event. And so a more accurate translation of this would be in dying, you will die. In other words, you're going to start a process that will end up in an event. You're going to get a ball rolling that's going to eventually going to stop rolling. Essentially, he's saying, Adam, when you eat this fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you're going to set something in motion that is going to have a, a final destination. And what you're going to set in motion is a process of dying, which is going to end up in an event of death. And this, of course, is exactly what we see happening in the rest of the book of Genesis and throughout all of humanity, is that death, you know, the moment that, you born, that you're born, you could pretty much say you've started the process of dying. That will eventually end up in the event of your death and burial um, and being put in the ground or dissolving in the open air if you don't get a burial. I think it's important to to clarify that because... He's not just talking about a one-time deal. Uh, death is going to be a long, drawn-out process. And what uh, another thing that's kind of interesting here is that when you get into the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Hebrew Bible, uh, one of these terms is in the plural, one of the words for death. They're kind of capturing this idea that there's different kinds of death, and the process of dying is going to be multifaceted. It's going to have different flavors. It's going to have different expressions. And so, 
you know, this, this idea of death just being a one and done, it's like, no, no, this is something that seeps into human nature, seeps into the story, and it's going to have multiple uh, forms of expression. It, it's going to take on different characteristics. And that is what we see in the rest of the story. You know, one way of thinking about death is, is that it is a cutting short of a developmental process. And this kind of gets into like one of the reasons why the enemy wanted to get in to this story and get Adam to and Eve to participate in their, in their own demise is that God had a specific destiny, a destination that he wanted Adam and Eve to arrive at. And what death does is it cuts that short. It means you don't actually arrive at the place that God intended for you to arrive at. And so d- death becomes a very strategic weapon of the enemy to stop the progress that God wants to continue, that he wants to see happen in our life. Death is kind of like the ultimate enemy, if you will. And this is exactly how Paul frames it in his letters. He talks about death being the, the primary enemy that gets destroyed by Jesus. Wow, that's a really short but deep dive into death. I think it's important, though, because it definitely gives us a better picture of what the enemy was trying to do, not just, you know, lead us to die physically or just like you said, a one-time thing, but it's it's putting us into a process of decay mm-hmm. and of of trying to slow us down mm-hmm. from what God intended. Yeah, yeah, it's um it's a, it's a pretty strategic move and This kind of brings us to the next point of, you know, why death? It's it's almost like if you're not careful, you'll kind of think, oh, God, you know, had 10 things that he could make the consequence of eating the fruit, and he just kind of chose death arbitrarily, as if there could have been another consequence. What I've come to understand about the consequence of death is that it wasn't arbitrary. It, It wasn't something that God, you know, chose among other consequences. The reason why the consequence of eating the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is death is because it it basically created distance between them and God. And so far in the narrative, God is the source of life. Everything living comes from him. And so it death is just the natural, intrinsic, organic consequence of moving away from the source of life. It's not something that God did to them. It's actually something that they did to themselves. It's a natural consequence of moving away from him. But, you know, I, I do think it's, in, it's important to, and this is a footnote, we'll get into it later in another episode, but there is something that they put into their body that facilitates that death. There's something that comes in into them that should not come into them that they were not ready to receive into their bodies. And that is a part of, so it's not just like a, a choice. There's actually some physical things going on there with putting a fruit into their body. And so there's, and that is a bit of a, bit of a mystery. We don't know everything about that, of course, but I do think it's important to ground it 
in a physical object that goes into their body, in addition to making a choice that violates and distances themselves relationally from God. There's a physical component there. This whole conversation seems like a downer, but it is really important. And for one, framing the problem, framing how things got started, going in the wrong direction. I guess if we connect it to Jesus, there's obviously some good news. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think we're, we're always trying to anchor the end of the podcast into a New Testament passage about Jesus. And so we chose the Romans 6.23, which is somewhat of a popular verse. And it says, uh, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, just, just a little nerd moment about the word sin. It basically means a lack or a deficit. You know, hint, hint, we're talking evil here, right? It's a lack of participation or a lack of sharing in something. And so if, if we were to kind of like retranslate that or give a little commentary, it, it would say that the wages or the payment for a lack of participation in God is death. In other words, like if you, if, if you disconnect from the source of life, the only other option you have is death. Right. That's the other way you would go. That's right. That's right. So, but then he says the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And the implication is that Jesus actually fully participated in the life of God. And that includes his spirit, his mind, his body. Everything about him was fully participating in the life of God. And he becomes the source of life for us. He's our way out of death. He, he's the exodus. He's the way out. Yes. And he leaves us his spirit to bring that life to us. That's right. Yeah, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. The spirit of life. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful story. It's, it's a wonderful uh, way of looking at what Jesus is doing in a, in a body. He's addressing this problem of death, and not just in an event, not just at the cross, but an entire process as well as an event. Yes, just like death is process and an event, also life is a process that's right. an event. So that's cool. Let's end it up here, Tim. Uh, do you want to say anything about next episode or what we're going to be talking about next? Yeah, so the next episode, we're going to start opening that can of God creating woman out of man and how this becomes a metaphor and a picture for Christ and the church coming out of Christ, Christ and the church. Excellent. Sounds awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys for uh, listening today. If you want to leave a comment or have a question, you can go to the link in our notes. And it will take you to our podcast page and you can leave us a, a question or a comment there. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation today and we will catch you next time.